I'm Trevor Cummings, and these are my thoughts on money. Hello, and welcome to the Thoughts on Money podcast, where we like to call it Tom. I'm Trevor Cummings, your host of the podcast and your author of the Thoughts on Money blog. I always forget to do this, so I will do this right now at the beginning of the podcast. Um, if you don't mind, if you love listening to this podcast, please rate us, give us five stars, leave comments. Uh, it helps um, for other listeners to easily find the podcast. I usually say that at the end. Maybe you've stopped listening uh, by that time. So there, we got that out of the way. But as usual, I'm here with my good friend, Mr. Sean Latimer. How are you doing this morning? Doing great. Good you're, morning. You're tired? Yep. Good day of basketball. Definitely paying for it now. Um, because this is my podcast. I can do whatever I want. This is true. Um, who's going to win tonight? The Lakers are. Yeah. The Lakers are a lot bigger than the Warriors. So I feel like if Anthony Davis continues to play like he did, which was amazing the last game, everybody should know I'm a Warriors fan. So it's a very hard thing for me to say. Um, I wish Jordan Poole would not have taken that last shot and let Curry take the shot, but hey, it's all right. There's another game. Yeah, a double-covered Curry shooting on the move is better than a 35-footer, 40-footer from Jordan Poole. Yeah, so nonetheless, we came here to talk about finance. I started out uh, this article, which I encourage you to read, with two stories that I think are kind of funny. One of them I think I've shared before, but one of my boys, my middle child, his first birthday... I was responsible for ordering the catering order. Um, and I don't know if this rest of the country is like this, but in South Orange County, uh, Chick-fil-A is really popular. People like Chick-fil-A. Mr. Sean Latimer might eat Chick-fil-A for lunch five days a week. I might. Yes, this might be true. I'm laughing that you're calling it catering when uh, you, you ordered one thing. <laughs> I did. Well, you have to. Well, in all fairness, you have to go through the catering app. Oh, I uh, see. To get that size. All right. Yes, yes, yes. So I was responsible for ordering food. Really bad idea for me to be responsible because I have a reputation that I hate wasting food. I hate having dinner parties and things like that and cleaning up after and being like, we're not going to eat this much leftovers. So my family knows that I try my best to eat everything or we're going to have that same meal the next uh, few days. Where did that come from? Well, my dad, growing up, we couldn't leave the dinner table until we were done eating all our food. Did you have that rule at your house? Yeah, I, I, I did as well. It wasn't doesn't sound as strict as yours. Did your dad really not order at restaurants because there was always like leftovers to eat? Always, yeah. He would just like, he might order like a small appetizer or something. Sean's referring to something I mentioned in the article when we'd go to a restaurant, my dad would never order. He would just kind of be the garbage disposal. There was three kids. So whatever leftover food between, you know, the three of us, and my mom, he kind of would just pile onto an empty plate and, and finish. And that's kind of how he's always been. So to answer your question, no, I didn't have it like that. Yeah, it wasn't that strict. So for us, we didn't leave the dinner table. I am on the Enneagram. I'm a one. So I, I do follow rules. So I remember one time it felt like two hours. I was probably eight years old. I did not leave the table. There's vegetables. I didn't want to eat them. And uh, I've never admitted this publicly, but I ended up flushing them down the toilet. Oh. And then going to my dad and saying, I'm all done. Can I leave the table? And he was like, Second or third episode in. I don't think he even remembered. I was still yeah. at the dinner table. But he grew up one of six kids. He was the eldest. Um, it was a single mom. Yeah. So they didn't have any food. I, I mentioned uh, in the article that I'll talk about this in the podcast because there's too many stories. I don't want to go into this. But he tell he would always tell us a story, which m might be a fable, but um, he was really good at telling it. Um, he said that he remembers going into the cabinet uh, and mom was working late, which would be my grandma. And uh, all six kids were hungry and they needed dinner. So he went in and there's only one can in the pantry and it had no label on it. 
So he grabbed the can opener, opened it. It was garbanzo beans. So he smashed it up and made garbanzo bean pancakes, like fried them for all the kids. So he had this sense that he did not like to waste. Um, and, and I have a million stories, but um, my dad was really gracious growing up and really nice. And I wouldn't say he was super strict, but that was just one rule. You always finished your food. You, you know, it's pretty ironic uh, about the birthday party uh, that you face because uh, Trevor's other half of the family is Hawaiian. And they're kind of known for like big amounts of food and poo-poo platters and tons of leftovers. And so I, I could see that being the first birthday of the oldest. Middle the whole, child. Oh, middle child. I wasn't yeah. the first. All right. Whole families together. And they're like, where's all the food? <laughs> I was doing that too. I agonized over it of like, okay. We have this many people coming. Each person can eat this many, two and a half chicken minis. Yeah. Doing the math. So literally, it was like in the first 30 minutes, all the chicken minis were gone. And my mother-in-law like rushed to Chick-fil-A, which you're not supposed to order a catering order walking in. But they accommodated. I think she had to go a second time and get another tray. Oh, my so, gosh. So, um, yeah, a little bit of contention between my wife and I. Embarrassing story. And this whole idea of underestimating right? So most people have the, the opposite anxiety, like you're talking about. We're gonna have a dinner party, like we need a lot of food. Mm-hmm. So they overestimate, right? Where I was kind of leading us to, I see a huge issue in financial planning. There's two parts. One of the parts we're not going to talk about today. I think I see a lot of practitioners overestimating rates of return, which we'll save that for uh, another podcast, another article, another discussion. But I see investors, uh, individuals, me and you, right? constantly underestimating what they actually spend it happens all the time and then uh we talk up a lot we talk about it a lot in financial planning that there's only a few things that you can control and the rest of it is you know kind of hope for the best you know assumed rate of returns inflation rates uh, what the cost will be in the future what you can control is at least knowing or being aware of what your expenses are and most people aren't uh, i had a conversation with a, a client the other day and they set kind of a loose target of a four or five year retirement time frame, and I gave them some homework. I said, you know, put together what your estimated expenses will, will be at that point. And I know it can be confusing because things may change, you may sell at home or move, but just do your best. And uh, they, they were kind of asking me like, well, what's a good starting point? I'm like, well, let's figure out what you spend now. And they, they're like, there's no way we'd spend the same amount now. And you make a really good point in the article that, uh, true, there will be less expense, maybe business expenses or things you pay for for commuting or for work, but I bet you're going to have a lot more free time to go do things, and that's not free. So, Yeah, I agree. I was kind of making this argument in the article that in our peak earning years, we're earning a little bit more each year. And some people call it lifestyle creep like as if it's like a bad thing, but you're just improving the quality of your life, right? Like you're going to eat out at restaurants a couple more times than you've had in the past. You're going to eat at little nicer restaurants. You're going to take an extra vacation. You're going to stay in, you know, a, a, you know, th- this many star hotel versus that many star where you stayed in the past. Like, I, I think that's a, I don't know, like healthy, natural evolution. It, it, but I think sometimes you read all these financial planning articles and they say, hey, retirees only spend 85% of what they spent before. And you're working in the world of averages. I don't think that's smart. I think you have to look at your own situation. And like you and I have talked about before is when you first ask somebody like, hey, what would be a good estimate of your expenses? It's actually not a good question to ask because most of the time they're going to say, okay, my mortgage is X. Yeah. And they start going to like little uh, tiny one bills. One credit card, yeah, car insurance, <laughs> cell phone. 
Yep, this is it. <laughs> yeah, we we know we're gonna get to a point where you're spending like twelve thousand a month, and we're you're trying to figure out like, oh wait, um, my cell phone bill is like one hundred and fifty dollars a month. I'm Hold like, on, let me look it up. Let me look it up. Actually, it's one hundred and forty-three. <laughs> yeah, so I kind of am imposing this riddle of like, hey, how how do you solve this? And I can give two ideas on how you solve this. One, I didn't mention the article, but the one that I think it's unavoidable and it's not a shortcut. I do think you need to look at every single expense um, on a monthly basis and get an idea of what you spend. And the thing I wanted to put forth in the article, I am absolutely not recommending that you budget. For some people, you know who you are when you're listening to this. You love budgeting. It really works. It's good. I'm going to tell you for most people, it doesn't work. What I'm telling you is just to know how much you actually spend. And I don't know any way to do that because recently I've outsourced that and I get a, a, a monthly report, but I don't get that same like finger on the pulse. I was surprised of, to hear that. I was surprised. I thought it would be helpful in that way you could, you know, at the end of the month, you know, be able to take a look and say, oh, we spent this, we spent that. Yeah. So what's a good way to phrase it? I do think you're right. It's helpful, but I think what ends up happening and I'm, open to you critiquing me on the fly here. I think what happens is I get the PDF reports. I look at them. I acknowledge them. And it's probably like three minutes. And then I just move on. I think the constant like three minutes every day of just itemizing the expenses. Like I use a one of the, the softwares from um, Intuit. And I just say like, oh, this is what the bill was. It automatically tries to categorize it. If it's wrong, it'll categorize it to something else. But I have a really good idea of you know, what May looks like compared to April or, or vice versa, or, you know, what a one-time larger expense actually does. It, it's it's like you're in the trenches, you're in the weeds. I mean, like you and I, we, we oversee uh, a handful of advisors here at the Bonson Group. What really helps is that we are also advisors, mm-hmm. right? We know the questions that are being asked. We know uh, the, you know, the popular concerns out there. I think if you were disconnected from that, it becomes a little bit harder. Yeah. I'm really glad too that you made it clear that you weren't talking about budgeting because then it gets into a whole different conversation about how much should you save and and whether you should uh, improve your quality of life and live for today or, you know, squirrel things away for the future. And I think there's a fine balance because, um, and it probably has a lot to do with the way people grew up because if they saw their parents, you know, struggle in retirement because they didn't save enough, you know, maybe that has taught them that, okay, I need to make sure I save and, and sacrifice a little bit now or vice versa. If they saw their parents save their whole life and then get sick or something unfortunate happen, then they go, you know what, I'm going to enjoy today, but I'm going to save a little bit for tomorrow. And uh, so I, I'm glad you didn't make it about budgeting because that's more of a philosophical conversation. Yeah. And I'll correct myself on the fly because I am a big believer on having the least amount of accounts you possibly can have. Right. And I do most of my spending on one credit card. I guess if somebody did all their spending on one credit card and it really consumed all their expenses and they could just look at that credit card bill every month, I think that'd be okay. Like knowing the number, I don't think that there's a lot of value, like knowing whether you spent it on groceries or, you know, going to the movies. Right. I think there's more of just like, how much did you spend last month? And you can get like 95% accurate. For me, the reason I can't do that 
is, is we don't have a lot of accounts, but we have a few accounts, right? And, and some of the things won't get into the nuance. It's kind of unavoidable. Like I have to use this credit card for X. I mm-hmm. have to use this one for Y. And therefore, since there's like two or three moving parts, just getting that flow through and seeing where money's going is helpful. And it's not limited to me. You and I were on the same email this week where um, somebody's name who rhymes with David Bonson was talking about this tool that he found, right? Uh, yeah. Which was basically saying, hey, you have so many recurring expenses and this software was a- able to like look at all of them and make sure what you are using, you're not using, because that stuff can slip through the cracks. Yeah, definitely. It, with all the subscription services out there, they, they add up and you sign up for trials or you sign up for things and they're normally really small so you may not notice it on a monthly basis and then you look back two years later and you're like, I've never used this. Took me so long to cancel Hulu. I was like, I, I don't ever go on that application and it was a nothing burger, right? It's like $5 a month, but I'm like, why am I donating to the charity of Hulu? Like, <laughs> it, I, I, don't, I don't need it. And, um, you know, just switching around the subscriptions. But for a business model, we know that somebody who, you know, uh, was a Harvard grad did a case study and said, like, man, uh, if you're going to get acquired, recurring free cash flow is really, really helpful, right? The predictability, uh, customer attrition, all that stuff. So what did every business do? They became a subscription model. Uh, And for you as the person that is paying those subscriptions and unaware of your expenses, you got a problem. Yeah. Another idea too is uh, when we hear one-time expenses, you know, water heater broke, new garage door, uh, people try to take those out. Where they're like, oh, this didn't count. We, we had to fix the car. We had to do this. And that typically doesn't happen. Uh, but I, I laugh because I'll notice those one-time expenses normally happen every three or four months. So make sure that when you're doing this exercise that you don't take those out and you, you do try to average out. Maybe there's one-time expense every three months or a vacation or something. Um, you, you can't just ax those out of the plan and say, well, these are what our normal costs would be. So let's plan for normal. Because when you do have those one-time expenses in retirement, you won't be prepared. Yeah, and that's one of the things I mentioned in the article is if you're not doing I, – I feel like everybody who is, uh, you know, behind the science of habits, they're like, Trevor, you, like, made the cardinal sin. You're telling people that they have to, like, take on this big task of itemizing every expense for at least an entire year. Yeah, they have to because if you only do it for two or three months, it's not a large enough sample size, right? Because, like you're saying, those one-offs do happen, uh, and, and the problem is that they're not top of mind – but a lot of them are significant, right? Like, you know, uh, you guys did a, a, a bathroom renovation or, you know, putting up uh, racks in your garage and things like that. Those are one-time expenses, but it seems like life throws those to you, like you said, every 90 days or so. And a lot of them, maybe they're, you know, for the betterment of your life, but in some sense they're unavoidable, mm-hmm. but they won't be natural for you to take the back of an envelope and start penciling down all your expenses, which means most people, I don't know the number, but are probably gonna underestimate by like 30%, right? I, I obviously grossly underestimated how many chicken minis we needed, right? Like I said, I think she went back to Chick-fil-A twice and they still hold that uh, against me. But if that's true, and hopefully this can come through on the podcast, you're going to walk into retirement, right? We're just going to use that as an example with a nest egg. Uh, in finance, we call it a balance sheet, right? That nest egg can only take so much pressure before it cracks or breaks. And what is that pressure point? You're spending. So if you told your financial advisor that spending is X, in reality, you need Y, maybe X didn't break your financial plan, but maybe Y will. 
Yeah, that's true. And in Trevor's defense, uh, I've been to a lot of parties at his house since then, and he does not uh, make that same mistake. There's <laughs> normally plenty of food, and uh, they're always great. So you can't let you throw yourself under the bus. Oh, no, but it is it is like a popular thing. Even like when my wife and I go to dinner, I'm like, like how you big is this? Should, yeah. we, should we split this? <laughs> like, cause, uh, and I'll just do – it's horrible, for especially if you're trying to be healthy. I'll be like – I'm so full, but I'm going to force it. Like man fries at Hoppa Jays. Oh, no, we can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Got to take some home. (laughs) Well, I think the main thing I was trying to get from this is saying like, hey, in finance, there's some things that are extremely easy to understand, right? That you might not get an accurate, accurate estimate on your expenses. And that is a super impactful thing when it comes to financial planning. The advantage I think Sean and I have, right, is... Uh, Malcolm Gladwell talks about in his book, I don't remember the name of the book. Ah, nonetheless, talks about this 10,000 hour rule. Uh, I want to say Outsiders, but that's a a, a different book. Uh, Lucas Klaus will look it up for us right now. But this 10,000 hour rule is basically saying um, he goes through Mozart and he goes through the Beatles and all these different people about if you accumulate 10,000 hours in a, a certain trade or experience, Lucas with the book title is Outliers. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I said Outsiders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're making words up. There's two. Yeah. Nonetheless. So Outliers. So, uh, Lucas, you should read it. There's a great intro on (laughs) hockey, uh, junior hockey. So uh, Lucas is a hockey player. Uh, So in this book, he basically says 10,000 hours, and he goes through, like, for example, the Beatles, and saying before the Beatles became the Beatles, they did this night gig in in Hamburg uh, in kind of like this uh, adult bar, and they would play, like, I don't remember the numbers, but like seven hours every day, six days a week. So they got very quickly to that 10,000 hour number, which for him was some idea of uh, expertise or something like that. You and I, the big advantage, why people should listen to this podcast is that we probably have 10,000 hours of talking to investors, Yeah. right? We don't have PhDs. Um, we might not be we, we know we're not the smartest people at the Bonsa Group, right? We can we can defer that to David, but uh, good chance we have 10,000 hours. So we have a really, really good front row seat to see how people behave. And both of us would agree this is an area uh, that people grossly underestimate what their expenses are. And it's not a huge obstacle to find out what your actual expenses are. And I'll, I, I want to wrap this up, but I will say... If you want to do something back of the napkin, you can, rather than work from your way from one expense up, work from your income down, right? Does that make sense? Have you ever done that before? Yeah. And I, I guess I'll say too, uh, Trevor and I, we are uh, different in opinions sometimes, and this is probably a good example. If you're looking at this like a daunting task and you're like, oh, I'm never going to do that, start with the basics. Just add up the tolls of your credit cards and, and put that together. And I think that's what you're kind of getting at. And if that monthly total is is close to your monthly net take home, at least you have a general idea of what that month was. Then if you say, hey, actually, it's a pretty good exercise or I'm going over every month, then you got to dive a little bit deeper and start itemizing. Yeah, I think Sean hit the nail on the head. And what I was getting at with income, if your income is whatever the number is, right, 300000 and then you can just start from there. Take out the taxes. You can see right on there. Take out your, your medical expense. You, you get this idea of, okay, I net this, right? If you don't have some growing checking account that exists out there that's just, you know, uh, yeah, bloating. If there aren't extras. Yeah, then... if there's not extras, 
then guess what? You're probably spending all of the net. So therefore, you get an idea of what your expenses are. And therefore, your expenses lead you to how large your nest egg needs to be. Um, and I like that Sean highlighted that we're different. The reason I was encouraging this idea of uh, itemizing and encouraging our listeners to hold me accountable to doing that is because there is something to be said um, that if you have awareness, it will naturally change your behaviors without having to make a lot of effort. Uh, I mentioned in the article, you know, if, you, if you're trying to lose weight and you, and you go to a restaurant and they list the calories right there on the menu, I, I've got to think that's going to modify your behavior if the losing weight part is, is important to you. And you start to get this idea that ignorance is not bliss. Makes sense. Hey, now that you're getting back to itemizing, no more ordering one tray of uh, chicken minis for birthday parties. Right? No more ordering one tray of chicken minis. <laughs> I will never. It was so bad. It was so funny because it's um, it's like watching. Uh, I don't know what they call the like this this with when they speed up the film. You know, like somebody's like building a house and they yeah. and they run it like a million times. You just see it happening, whatever. Because you it, see, it was probably like. Slow, slow motion for you. No, it was, you just watch it, it dwindling down. You're like, oh no. It was the opposite. It was like one of those fast motions where I just like put the tray down. I saw like this storm of people go and, and just put them on their plate. <laughs> and like even my boys, they're, they're so funny. I, I guess this happens in a lot of families. Like one will take the chicken mini out and then the other will eat the biscuit. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, that's funny. <laughs> it, it's so funny how they're, they're just very different in, in their taste buds. So um, yeah. And I started to get this idea of um, yeah the torture of underestimating and uh, the pain it causes in your marriage. Sorry, honey. Um, so we will wrap it up there. Um, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you wouldn't mind rating us five stars preferred, comments are welcome. Really easy way to get a hold of myself, Trevor, or Sean is you can email us at tom, T-O-M, at thebonsergroup.com. Um, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate your feedback. And then we will be back next week with more of our Thoughts, Thoughts on Money. Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This podcast was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates. Hightower Advisors do not provide tax or legal advice. This material was not intended or written to be used or presented to any entity as tax advice or tax information. Tax laws vary based on the client's individual circumstances and can change at any time without notice. Clients are urged to consult their tax or legal advisor before establishing a retirement plan.